Welcome back to North London's Most Red. Dressed like Tottenham, played like Tottenham. What's good, Jamie? No shots on target. <laughs> That's not good. That's the end That's of the what's good, bro. <laughs> bro, I, you know, that was hard to get through. That was hard was to get through that game. I was looking forward to the game all day as well. Because me it's too, fun when you get... like Not that I don't like the yeah. Premier League, I really do. But when you have like... You know something novel and new. It's always nice to get out of the mind, yeah. like normal. Even though we've literally got the League Cup like coming up as well, but I was looking forward to this one. It's nice to sort of pub stomp like the little kids a little bit. Like yeah, it was um, never, we're never pub stomping today. But, no, no what. and but I was thinking about it earlier, and I saw that we were a bit short in midfield, and uh, I saw that we were going to play Patino, which I was happy to do. I was glad to see it yeah. when it was announced, and I knew Sambi would be playing. I trust Sambi, but I knew that. Our problems before were sort of we've masqueraded around the fact that the strikers been a problem, the defense been a problem. But for me, it's mm-hmm. always been the midfield that's been like the where it it starts and where it dies. And so we had a weak midfield going in. I thought that we'd start with a better team, and we did start with a like a better talent base than yeah. Forest. But we're away for one, and um, the midfield is bare. So I actually foresaw this one being a difficult one. And true to form, it was. Um, we dominated the possession, we dominated the shots, but we didn't dominate the didn't shots on target. Anything, we didn't do anything with it. And it was like watching about a year ago when we used to play like that. And it makes you remember that um, we do need better midfielders than what we've got. Obviously, Mikhail Atas has done an mm-hmm. interview saying we're going to get someone in, basically saying we're very short in the area. You'd assume that we yeah. definitely would. I'm surprised that they let Maitland-Niles go out on loan prior to this game. If they yeah, talk about that, that later, man. Yeah. In, in between the time of him going to Roma and guessing someone new in we would have to play these games we might have to play against Tottenham or Liverpool yeah. or both before we get someone in and that is assuming Xhaka even comes back by then still a risky move I would have said that one of the conditions of sending Maitland-Niles out on loan would have been that he doesn't yeah. go out until we get a replacement in I think that was a bit uh, passive and a bit weak to allow that to happen it's a bit of a strange decision when you know you're going to have to have an untested graduate of the academy who's 18 has never started a game before playing against a team that's doing in the above um above mid table is their ninth that's you know the upper half of the table in the championship the championship is much more competitive than it used to be so that was a bit naive to be honest i don't really know what else to say except that it was a boring 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 game and Frankly, like when they scored, uh, there was a part of me that was like, at least I'd have to watch that for half an hour longer in extra time. <laughs> no, I agree. Like, I think this game kind of sums up our season in a whole. Like, we've come from the City game, probably one of our best performances of the season, especially in the first half. And then the next game is put pure dross like this. I think there's, there's a running kind of similarities in a lot of our away games this season as soon as we go somewhere where the atmosphere is a bit hard we're a bit up against it we seem to just be completely unconvinced like i have this such a conflict in my mind because sometimes i think like our mental strength is quite good like in certain games but away from i we're we're a home side like no two ways about it like away from home we are a below average side in my opinion i genuinely believe that like we we 
like think of the hard games we've had this season when we've been up against it. Brentford lost, Nottingham Forest lost, you know, Everton lost. I don't really Do care you know, about Brentford because you had all those players out. But yeah, yeah, but I, know what you I don't, mean I don't, still. I don't, I don't care about players and personnel. We had good enough players that we should have been in Brentford. I'm not going into the Brentford first game of the season. You know, you're allowed to lose one, one or two games like that. But I'm just talking. It's, it's a running, you know, similarities that we have in every hard away game. Or you know, do you know what I mean? Like. I know people have been like, oh, it's not, it's not hard because in the Forest are the championship team, but like it's an FA Cup game, anything can happen. We've seen that all all over the weekend, all the results that have happened, and this is just a typical game we lose whenever we're up against it. Like I, I don't care being up against the Man City, Chelsea. Like we probably deserve to lose. We're not as good as them. Do you know what I mean? But when when you come against teams where you should be beating them away from home, and your team perform, like I don't care if we try and we lose. Like I don't care if We've like, always if, if we. Them. If if we if we put in the right intensity and you know decisions don't go away like like the Man City game for example like a player mm-hmm. did some stupid shit but we're proud of the team because they tried and they put themselves about and they did everything they pretty much could have done apart from a couple of stupid decisions but today we couldn't string three passes together it was embarrassing it was like embarrassing. I haven't seen like and the thing is with Arteta is like you know I've been critical of Arteta in the past but like and he didn't set the team up particularly any differently than he normally would the the players he can't drill it's the players but no 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 today today was the players like you know sometimes when you're like oh the man you know the man this game today looked like the manager lost the dressing room i know he hasn't of course but they played like that do you know what i mean like they weren't playing for each other they couldn't pass the ball they had no effort no desire like this is the third round in the fa cup like do you know what i mean it's a saturday night like sunday night apologies um getting ahead of myself um but it was just I don't know like no one gave a shit like I just don't I don't get it like the ones that I expected to play and or at least appear to be trying the hardest were the ones who put the least shift in today so I'm just going to highlight who I think was the worst on the pitch today um, yeah Patino's immune from criticism because it's his first game and we all wanted to see him that's absolutely fine yeah, he didn't 100%. impose himself too much everyone was shit today everyone was shit today the worst player on the pitch the three worst players on the pitch for me were Cedric and Ketia and Holding and well, Tavares was worse before that, but, but, but we know what happened with that. He only got about 15 minutes. 33, I think. We'll go into that. We'll go we into got to talk that. about that, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm surprised because Holding's got a lot to prove, having not played as much as he would have liked to this season because Ben White has come in and played well. Cedric, fine. He's he's always been sort of okay and comfortable playing the backup yeah. squad player, so... Um, Maybe he didn't feel he had a point to prove, but with the rumours linking him to Atletico, you think he'd want to put himself on the shot window. The one I can't fathom, the lack of walking around the six-yard box and making no runs, just sort of just moping about, is Eddie Nketiah, who, like, to be yeah. honest, I've been, like, prior to today, and maybe I still am, maybe it's just a one-off, um, I've been gradually sort of falling more towards the give him a nice contract and play him more because he's been impressing me and he never impressed me before this season really much um but he just felt like he had more desire and more pep in his step this season to be more than just a tap-in merchant which is okay but you need to do more than that if you're going to play for Arsenal Football Club you need to be able to hold it up and do all this other stuff so I was confused to see him sort of hanging around like a false nine when we know that he's got no link-up play he's not a Premier League footballer but he's got like world-class instinct he's got the one of the best brains in the world and so it makes up for the fact that he shouldn't be at a high level professionally technically wise te- like on technical ability yeah if yeah, he wants to prove yeah. me wrong fine but that's how i perceive it right now um i think most people would agree with that but he's meant to be a really good presser 
and someone who puts like a Bamiang style rushing at keepers and defences and making people make mistakes. Yeah. And there was none of that. No runs, no pressing. I, I saw them shouting at him during the game like what get like get on it, start pressing. And I don't know why you wouldn't, because the, especially for him with six months on his contract, apparently Arsenal turned down a bid from I believe it was either Gladbach or Leverkusen. I think it was Gladbach. Um either believing that he's more valuable to sit on the bench for the rest yeah. of the season as a backup or in the like offs chance that he signs a new deal. And this was like I guess Arteta showing I believe in you, I want you to stay at the club, start this game. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't do himself any favours because that was such a poor, poor, poor game and I'm sure that he thinks that he got no service and that's fine, that's true. Everyone was poor, but he did nothing. And he missed think- a header that most of us would have scored. I think you're being far too kind. I don't even feel like, you know, no disrespect to you, but I don't even think it's fair to single out three players. I think, I genuinely think there's not one player on that pitch that did, that played well. Like, no player on the pitch today it's had a, a above, like, even above a, uninterested. No one had a 5 out of 10 performance at all on our team. Like, you can't dig out and get your holding Cedric specifically because everyone was that bad. Like, I'm sorry, but... Like there was nothing I saw today. Like Martinelli's been great recently. Poor I think today. He was trying, Saka, he was trying. poor, poor, like, poor. Like, em- do you know what I mean? Like, th- there's trying and then there's just a- accomplishing nothing. Like, w- we haven't got much to talk about because nothing happened from our <laughs> point of view in that game. Like, you know, when you've like done something, like, or you finish your summer mm-hmm. exams in in school and you go on yeah. summer holidays, and every day feels like it goes really slowly because you don't really do much. Well, you get to chill, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you're not that going on holiday or whatever. Yeah. But six weeks go past, and like it felt like a week, even though each day felt really long because nothing happened, so you form no long term memories about any of it. That was the game. It was a long. It felt like a really long time now. But I couldn't recall five seconds of stuff to quote you with now because nothing happened. Bro, the most interesting thing that happened in that game was Tavares throwing his gloves on the floor. <laughs> like, for me, like that that's the only th- thing I looked down. I was like, right, that's quite exciting. For, like, one second. And then, then it was 95 minutes. Of like, a bit of a fight or something <laughs> off the benches is going off. Well, he, d- he didn't even... Uh, uh, Arteta didn't even, even acknowledge him. And he didn't... He, he was looking at Arteta with some rude look, which, you mean, to be honest, if I got sub 33 minutes into a game, I'd do the same look. But... Like he, they didn't even he didn't go near him at all. Like it's He's, a couple if, of the. If if you make a drastic decision like that though, you've got to just leave them time to stew for a bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to work out like because. Let's every... talk about. Let's talk about Tavares. Let's talk. Yeah, about yeah. For, for every time, it's bad man management. It can be genius, and like we spoke about it at the time, and I said. Now that is quite disrespectful to be fair. Like even if he's playing dis- quite bad, I, think I disagree with you on this one. But yeah. <sighs> No, because I, I don't have a, a kind of a set opinion because I can see both sides of it. Like, so one, let's, let's, like, let's recap for the viewers and the listeners because we had a bit of a chat on WhatsApp about this. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember. Let me get the phone in my phone out and start I said, I, said, I said that's embarrassing and disrespectful. But I wasn't completely talking about Arteta's decision. So I mean, like, is in like, him throwing his gloves on the floor and looking at Arteta like that? That's what I'm talking about, the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. embarrassing part of it. So but I, think, I don't blame him but for it. But it is. It is embarrassing. But whether you feel embarrassed is your own choice yeah, yeah, yeah and if you've got the real right mentality that will spur you to be better because you will take accountability and you'll come better um i actually think that he does have the right mindset and he will take it on the chin i don't mm-hmm. think arteta would have risked it if he 
didn't feel that he had that way. And I also don't think he'd have been brought to the club if he didn't think that way. So I trust in the recruitment that he won't throw his toys out the pram. Uh, he did feel like he'd sort of won a prize to be on that pitch for the first half an hour. Like he was just out of place, yeah. two steps off. Like he what didn't feel like he was around, which is weird because he's been one of the best players on the pitch in other games before. And I personally am really happy with what Tavares has We've, done this season overall. We've been singing his praises for the first half of the season, especially right at the beginning of the season. I haven't that been, like, was weird. completely singing his praises. I, I've said to you, like, he's technically, he's quite poor. He's yeah, got yeah, good yeah. physical yeah. attributes. His technical ability at times is very bad. So when I said like, I'm singing his praises, I didn't mean yeah. he's a £50 million player. What I meant is that... No based on our expectations he surpassed them and he deserves based on expectations to be praised yeah yeah no I, I wouldn't disagree but I just mean that yeah like it, it's a difficult one because you know it depend. it does depend on the player and if Arteta trusts that he's going to come back from this and he's going to perform better then yeah but like you know before he joined I remember um I didn't do too much research into it but I remember you saying that he had he has a bit of a attitude previously at, at, I think it was Benfica we signed him from or somewhere in Portugal right so and you saying he, there was he had controversy a bit of a... with a dog, and there was also controversy where um, I think it wasn't not Alex Tellers. Is it Tellers? Tellers is the Man United left back. Did he come from Benfica? I don't know, but there was a there was a well known left back who was ahead of him and had destabilised him. It could be, I don't know. And um, there was controversy reported that he had like openly like disrespected and talked shit about him behind his back and whatever that like was a bit of a toxic move at the club. But given that we've turned down signing players that have like had like even the slightest hint of an attitude problem recently, I find it difficult to believe that that wouldn't have been very closely looked at. And I think that with like the amount of other options we could have signed for a backup left back, you don't have to yeah. be as good. There's a wider pool of talent. Um, if that was considered in any way a problem, we wouldn't have done it. So based on how I guess stringent we've been with our recruitment recently, I do trust him to have the right mindset. Yeah. No, I, I think look, look, we don't want to go into it too much. I'm sure in the next few games he, he might start at Anfield. We'll see. Um, hopefully we'll see. But I, it, I kind of, I didn't expect such a strong team to perform so bad. And I would have thought there was going to be more rotation than this today. Like I know that we've got depth, four, four or five games until um, Anfield game in the Carabao Cup semi-final but I don't know I feel like we after a performance like this if we have a bad game at Anfield like I'm going to be pissed because well, that, that's our, that's our like, chance of silverware gone if, if do you know what I mean like, that's this Carabao Cup is now our only chance of silverware this season I'm much more interested in top four than the Carabao Cup I'll be honest no, but, yeah and of so course but at the same time we, we're not favourites for top four as well we need to acknowledge that um, I think we, if we, especially if we sign a big striker, which we might come to in about ten minutes' time, we'll uh, we'll be favourites for top four. I don't, the, we're definitely not favourites for top four. If we sign the person, even if we sign a striker, a bit, we're not. I think we're favourites for top four. Yeah, biased opinion. The 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 what kind of and I'm not forgiving this performance, but. Um, it's made more frustrating by the fact that we really could have done with resting Saka, but we yeah. couldn't because there was just no depth. Pepe has gone to the African Cup of Nations. But you can bring Smith you can bring has under a groin injury. I'm sorry, but you can. Like Who, you don't Reece have to Nelson's be, out. Bro, no. like come on, like we, we, 
think of all the Wenger teams, man. Like, of course, the FA Cups and, and the Carabao Cups. Like, you know, we went out anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, but if we'd gone out without him playing, you'd have gone, why was he No, I wouldn't. I would have, I'd say bring him on the last half an hour if we're struggling like most teams do. Like, we, we need, because the thing is as well, there's, 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 there is, you know, some reason in having, you know, 15 to 16 players that play 100% of your games in a season because they're your best 15 players, for example, right? But you're not going to get 100% out of these 15 players as often as if you actually don't give them game time in the games they don't need to play. And you you know when we were talking last season about Saka, for example, in the last kind of third, the last quarter of the season, he was actually quite poor by his yeah. previous yeah, standards. And it's because he's getting overrun. It's, he's playing too much. He, like, Especially a player like Saka that gets kicked from pillar to post every mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. His legs are tired. Like, Take him out for the game. He'll play, at, get, he'll play at Anfield again. Do you know what I mean? And then he'll play at Tottenham on Sunday. And look, you can be like, oh, boo-hoo, it's a, a footballer getting paid 100 grand a week. But... He's actually on like 40. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But... But, the, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, especially in his position, the the fatigue and the damage he takes from game to game. Like we need to kind of protect our players and actually rotate them. And if it means that we have to play a graduate or we have to play an under 23 player that doesn't normally feature, then so be it. They would have performed better than anyone else did today, or they would have performed just as bad. Sometimes it's worth the risk. In hindsight, we shouldn't have played him because we lost anyway, but it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always difficult when you're coming, you're coming through it. Yeah. It's a bit of the worst of worst, worst, Worst of both worlds now because yeah. we've played and tired out the Martinellis and Sackers and maybe Xhaka will be back, but if not, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, hopefully Smith Rowe's back, but we've tired out some other key players that won't be fully fit or at least will have some fatigue or not that complete freshness that takes you from 98 to 100%. Mm-hmm. Against, if in your opinion, I assume the biggest match of the season because we want to win the Carabao Cup. I wouldn't say biggest match of the season but I think that it's I think it's very important because one obviously it's it's never a bad thing to win a trophy especially when a lot of these players like the Smith Rowe Odegaards and Sackers they haven't been regular staples in the team when we've won the FA Cup in 2020 do you know what I mean that like, mm-hmm. Sackers was on the bench in the final against Chelsea Smith Rowe wasn't even in the team like do you know what I mean like these are players that haven't actually won anything off their own merit yet and I think that whilst we have got a young team, if we can win things, even if it is, you know, the worst out of the four trophies to win in the Carabao Cup, it's going to set these players up that they can win things and they know they can win things. And when players win things, they tend to get better. And especially if they win things when they're young. So, do you know what I mean? I, I don't think it's anything to be like, oh, I care more about top four. Like, of course, if you ask an Arsenal fan right now, top four Carabao Cup, everyone's going to say top four. But the top four is not a guarantee. Man United have got a better squad than us. But they're a top- mess. Tottenham have got a better Tottenham manager. Tottenham, I'd say, are the more likely to come top four. Than Tottenham have got a better manager and they've got games in hand and they could pull away they from just us if they beat us on Sunday. They because he was just shit against Morecambe and who, walked who off cares the pitch about so that? slow. But no we, want, no, we want the disarray in the dressing room is what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. Um, whereas we seem, despite the performance today, a much more cohesive squad in terms well, not of when you play like that. culture. In apart from today, where we look disconnected, we do at home, but not away from home. <laughs> with Man U's constant reports of everyone's unhappy and people don't understand what he's trying to say, and the tactics are weird, and the training sessions are weird, and Maguire doing interviews saying I just need to go on a run, and then Tottenham having 
star signings being booed off the pitch. They'll have a shot on target tomorrow, though. (laughs) All I'm saying is we we um we're we're not as unlikely to get top four as I think. Either I think we're more likely to get top four than you think we are, and I'm quietly confident that if I give it I give it a thirty percent chance. I give it a thirty percent. Thirty percent's good, man. Considering there's a lot of teams trying to buy for this. This is what I'm saying. I I think for me, like Man United. Because they've got better squad depths. They've on paper they've got better players. Tottenham are in a better position at the moment. I wouldn't say that our squads are miles apart. I'd I'd say I'd make a case of Arsenal having a better first eleven. However, it's it's gonna be close and they've got a better manager, a better manager that's used to getting and more experienced. No disrespect for Arteta, but you know, Conte's got much better C V. Obviously he's been in the game a lot longer. Yeah, but Arteta wouldn't dispute it, that. Yeah. So I think that you would say them two teams, if you asked majority of football fans, you'd get at least 60 to 70% saying that Tottenham and Man United will probably finish above Arsenal. And that's where the 30% kind of comes in from me. Where you can't forget West Ham, there could be a dark horse as well. But I think, you know, we need to keep going. We need, and the thing is as well, I think after performances like this, losing against Man City, losing against Forest, like, to then lose against Liverpool... Um, even you know, do you know what I mean? Even if we get knocked out, but oh, losing three matches in a row is never good, especially going into a North London derby. I know form goes out the window, but you, you know you don't want to go on losing runs, no matter what competitions they're in, no matter what the performance. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't want to get a habit of losing. Yeah, let me also say that Gabriel was suspended, Xhaka was out, Balogun had COVID apparently, um, Xhaka also. Um, Smith Rowe had a groin injury. Hopefully, they will be back. Yeah. Obviously, we won't have Partey or Pepe, though Pepe probably wouldn't have played a role. So, we will have a better squad back. Tommy Asu will hopefully be back. Hopefully. It was another big miss. Uh, Ramsdale will be back in the squad, though I was mm-hmm. impressed enough with Leno today. And so, he we aren't going to play that team against Liverpool and Tottenham, probably. <laughs> We're so also right. out of a cup that is, though it's unfortunate, we save ourselves four or five fixtures all the way through. But we've and... already done that with the Europa League, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there's like, there's being fresh, and then there's, there's being like, well, if you perform like that when you've had lots of days off, like, <laughs> I'd rather you played every. But three there's days. no too fresh, especially with COVID and all the games being re like scheduled and stuff. There's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy yeah. 2022 schedules from a lot of clubs, especially the ones playing in the European Cups and whatever else that we don't have. And we also, even if we don't have the FA Cup, I think. I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, with the just general some fixtures being cancelled every now and then, it'd still be one every three or four days for us. So God knows how yeah. they're going to be for these two 48-hour game type ones with uh, the Tottenham's and the West Ham's. That are, oh no, wait, Tottenham aren't in Europe anymore, my bad. Um, <laughs> that was actually accidental. Jeez. But like the West Ham's and all those that are, that, are, that are still doing it. Oh man, let's get into some transfer shit, man. That's what I want to talk about. Start. So let's start with the the obvious one, and then I've got one after that I don't know if you've heard about, but I'll I'll chirp it to you in a minute. But let's start with Ainsley going to Roma. I know you've briefly touched on it, but let's see what. Look, I want to get a bit more perspective from what you were saying earlier about, you know, you thinking potentially it might be a wrong decision or. I don't. Look, I not don't for like long term, but in a short term, you to win. I think yeah. that if we're going to loan out someone who would have been a nailed on start and who would have been a better option for this game, with yeah. no way of replacing that player, even for one or two games, we should have said, 
will loan you out is a straight loan so it's not like it was contingent on anything there was no moving parts in this move it was purely a deal in isolation that you shouldn't let the player who could have been key in a game that's now lost us a cup i'm not saying that he would have been the difference but he would have been like yeah. better than patino if we're gonna have to say it like that P- possibly better than zambi we don't 100%. so to me it seems obvious to go okay well we don't have a reinforcement we're planning on getting mm-hmm. one in so we'll loan you him and he'll come once we've got someone else in that seems like the obvious thing to do and uh, would have been a, a player with 100, 150 senior appearances versus someone making their first start is, I get that. is, a, is a difference. It's risky as well. Like, I think... It's a straight loan, no, no buy option or anything. And I'm he'll come back with we... a year left on his deal. I'm sad that we didn't get 35 minutes from Wolves when we should have taken that. It was anyway. 35, it was like 20. Well, we should have, still should have taken it, let's be honest. I guess it could have given William more wages, so maybe not. But we need to kind of assess where we're at. I think we've got to get another midfielder in 100%. We will do. Um, but it's also like it, it's 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 a strange one because, like, like you said, like you know, we're going into the Liverpool game, we're going into the Tottenham game. We're very unlikely to sign a midfielder before that. And you think like we've got Xhaka and Sambi and Patino, and Patino's you know he's not been blooded whatsoever, but. Like Sambi, Sambi or Jacker get COVID. Do you know what I mean? Like, or well, this you know, is what happened. Jacker gets a red card. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be a very very stretch. It's very naive to leave us like that. And also, Patino, as rated as he is, can't be put that much pressure on to no, and exactly. be expected as a performer like that. It's unfair on him. Obviously, he'll grab the opportunity and do as well as he can. But yeah. if you destroy the kid's mental by putting him in against Liverpool and he gets destroyed yeah. whilst he's expected to hold up uh, Arsenal Football Club with no experience. I he's think... only just today managed to probably understand the nuances of the differences between yeah, under-23 football poor and today. senior football. So he I'm can sure get his he'll, space. He'll use that hopefully to understand. Because when you only play under-23 football where there's space everywhere and yeah. people aren't as good, I get that you'd probably get some bad habits because you're allowed to because you're too good for mm-hmm. that. Um, as in too good for under-23 football. This will hopefully drum into his mind, okay, this is the differences. These are the new things and tactics that I have to learn and acquire and do. Uh, And hopefully it will make him a better player. But you don't become a better player overnight. This will probably accelerate his learning, but at a cost of the loss. But it's a work in progress. So he can't be expected to start against the Tottenham's and the Liverpool's unless he wants to destroy this kid's confidence and destroy our chances of trophies or top four. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So I think it was a very naive that. decision to let uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles go out alone. He's one of my favourite players and I'd really like to see him stay. He seems to want to go. And I don't blame him because one of the things he's not done is play any football and he wants to play football. That being said, I think he could have waited two weeks and played a few games for Arsenal. Yeah, I don't the, get the, what the problem the, was. The smart move is to do it on like late January. Do you know what I mean? That would be the smart move. Well, Once if you got we knew Liverpool that, that was a, if that was a moving part, whoever we're planning on getting in should have been brought in on January the 1st. Yeah. Like, like Ferran Torres. No, but... Let's let's look at it like you know Liverpool on the thirteenth of January, Tottenham on the sixteenth of January, and Liverpool again on the twentieth of January. Let them go after the twentieth. After the twentieth, you can go with our it blessing. It doesn't seem like that was a massive issue. Like we hold the cards and that he's our player under contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not like Roma gonna be like, oh, you're making us wait a week and a half. Like no, we're not doing that anymore. Exactly. I mean, it's Jose though. Do you know what I mean he's probably fucking thrown a, a hissy fit if if that happened. But yeah, anyway, moving on to the next one. So I don't know if you've seen this story. Um, so Ian Wright was mentioning in the news that he wanted us to sign Genie Wijnaldum from PSG. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's one of them ones where you know it's come from me and right. He's a lad, so I thought I'd include it. Go on. Um, nah, that's pretty much it. He was just telling us to sign him. Like he's obviously no, he doesn't. I don't think he quite suits PSG and French football in general. I think he is he is cut out for the Prem. Like he was very good um, at Newcastle, which got him his move to Liverpool. Still very much at the top at Liverpool. Um, wasn't I don't think his performances were particularly getting worse. I think from what I saw of him in the Premier League, he was still performing very well. He just wanted a fresh change. Um, I think the main issue with uh, from the Ian Wright thing is that Genie Wine Adams sees himself as a Champions League footballer, and any move for him would be dependent on us getting top four. I don't think that he would probably come to us because he probably wants to go to a team that are going to win stuff, and we're not ready for that yet. Fine, don't know when we will be, but. I don't know what's what's your take on it. Like I love a bit of right, so I thought. I'd we back know, well, we you. know how good Wijnaldum has proven himself to be over the last few years. Yeah. So the the talent's not an issue here. Is is this just like fantasy? The the options that I've seen floated about prior to January has changed since January with new um, rumors. The three that were floated around were Wijnaldum on loan. Um, yeah. Bruno Grimoresh. Grim- Grim- I'm sorry if I butchered the, the spelling and <laughs> pronunciation and everything else to do with the name from Lyon. And um, the last is Renato Sanchez on loan or to buy. Um, yeah. Given that he is super injury prone, I feel like it would suit us. But he can also be really good on his day or terrible if you're Swansea. So there's three of them. <laughs> that so being bad, said, yeah. there was a new one that came yesterday that's not been verified by anyone, but it seems to be the talk of the town. I've never heard of him. He plays in Brazil. He's 20 years old. His name is Danilo. And... Uh, I've been Another doing a lot. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So he's a centre midfield, more of a six. Apparently, he used to be a striker, so he's got that sort of attacking instinct. But he's more of a, uh, a very much a six. Um, he's twenty, and apparently, he's one of the best players in uh, Brazil. And people in on Reddit in 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 the Palmeiras sort of area, Brazilian yeah. football area, were saying that he could well play for Brazil in the World Cup. Uh, they, he seems to be very highly rated and that he'll be the sort of new Casemiro type and he's apparently better than Casemiro was when he was 20 though that seems like very high praise um, Do you know no, what, though? no verifications on. on this one though it's still like not proper sources I, I, I don't want someone that's young though like as in like not you know <laughs> you to come in at 30 and do it <laughs> no but do you know what I mean like we've got Partey that's well I think 28, 28. now like Xhaka 28, 29 like and obviously, I think most of us are hoping Jacko goes at the end of the season. I think that we, we've we got Sambi, who's 21, 22, can't remember specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Maitland, again, relatively young in 23, 24. 24 sort of age. We've got Patino coming through, Odegaard's young, Smith Rowe's young in the kind of midfield areas. I know that's more of a 10 role, but still part of the midfield. Um, I think we need a bit more experience in there. And like, that's not to say, like, oh, let's sign a fucking. 35 year old do you know what I mean like I think I think we need an established like midfielder someone that can come in and if Jack is out the team or parties out the team someone that can come in and really just grab a game like do you know what I mean like that Sambi Sambi's obviously got very very good talent and he's got um a lot that we can look forward to in the future but he hasn't got game management he hasn't got what Partey or Xhaka does like don't get me wrong I don't like Xhaka I don't think he's good enough for us I wouldn't have had enough of him don't get me wrong um, but even I can recognise with him like even though he was stupid and get away with the penalty against Man City he had, he had very good game he controlled the game he can dictate play do you know what I mean like that's what we need we don't need 
like another 20 year old that's going to be talented like we've got enough of them sort of players we need to get experience in the team and we need to kind of midfield and especially central midfield or holding midfield of the kind of positions that we play we need someone experienced in there and we need someone that like I said if part is out injured which he has been quite a lot we need someone that can slot alongside Jacka and actually be of the quality that will make a difference so you would sign Wijnaldum I guess based on that Potentially, yeah. Like I think, given the choice, would you go for a thirty-year-old midfielder that's very experienced, still relatively at the top of his game? Um, you know, like I'm not saying I want a five-year contract, like a two or three-year contract for like a player like Ryan Adam. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, do you know what I mean? Sambi will learn off another very good midfielder. Yeah, he might not quite get as much game time, but then he's got to improve and he's got to be competitive. Do you know what I mean? Like, he ain't gonna get. The more competition you have and the more players you look up to and the more players that you can take their spot in a year or two because, you know, their powers are waning and stuff like that, that's not a bad thing to have. I think we've come, like, disillusioned that any player over 30 is a bad buy now just because we had William, who was 31, who came and flopped. Like, uh, we've had Aubameyang that, when he was 31, he signed a mega contract and he's flopped. But, like, there's a lot of players that around the 30 age that can actually do a job and do it well and I think that just because we've had a couple of bad experiences from it if you get the right sort of profile and the right sort of player it can make a big difference uh, I know what you mean I, uh, in the Adam case I question whether he's actually even interested but I understand what you mean about a more experienced player I guess it's a, it's one of the few positives of Xhaka is that being experienced though he sometimes acts like a child he <laughs> yeah. he does bring that side of like you mentioned game management and stuff like that and that's all fair points um but when you say unheard of 20 year old from Brazil who could be really good I'm like oh come on let's just do that one. yeah let's, but let's, I let's think, roll the dice man but think of how many players that we've got in our team that aren't quite established yet have so much potential like you can't keep getting away like you know what I mean like to an extent you'll, you'll get two or three diamonds in a team but you're not going to get five or six young diamonds in a team do you know what I mean you need to blood them in with experienced players that will put them in their place will show them the you know the dark arts will show them look this is but what would I've learned someone on loan like why now would be interested or motivated to do that if he's not even part of the team and the culture who knows? But I'm not saying that we need to get Wan Adam on loan. I'm not saying that. But I'm just, I'm not even specifically talking about Wan Adam specifically. I'm just saying like, uh, and it doesn't have to be someone in their thirties. I'm talking like someone that's 26 but's played five years at the top level. You know, relatively top level. I'm not saying he needs to be in like Champions League finals and shit like that. But just I think we just need some more experience and like good, like a good player though. Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking like an El Nenny that's fucking nearly 30 and is as average as El Nenny is. I mean like someone on party's level or just below do you know what i mean like someone like we we need to invest in this team otherwise we're just going to have our young stars play well for five or ten years and not accomplish anything and then leave like <laughs> i know they're arsenal boys but they'll get to a stage if we're not going anywhere they'll want to go and win premier league so i want to go and win champions league do you know what i mean so let's move on to the big striker talk one of the big things that i think will really decide where we finish this year um, is whether we spend big in January or we wait until summer. It seems to be fairly confirmed that we're looking to sign a big name striker. Yeah. Uh, Ornstein, the journalist who uh, I guess is the most reliable Arsenal source, said that while we were interested in 
players like Calvert-Lewin and Alexander Isaac, the promoted main transfer target, either in January or summer, is Dusan Vlahovic from Fiorentina. Yeah. Now, I only watched a few, you know, the highlight reels that show yeah. the best moments and all the goals and all lovely little turns and stuff. And I'll admit I was impressed because he has a frame like Ibrahimovic, a six mm-hmm. foot three, well built frame that can hold people off with a sort of Drogba style frame. Um, but he's very quick with his feet. He moves like a more yeah. agile, smaller person. And he's he's doesn't seem to be like a, a Calvert-Loon where he's like elite at heading, but he seems to be a more sort of Henri type player with the finishing, not with like the speed and stuff, but like while Henri was tall, he would never headed goals in. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so he's a sort of strange hybrid of big player, but plays like a smaller player. Yeah. Um, And so he drops deeper, it seems. He can play with his feet and he can play with his back to goal and he can play passes and link up with people. That was good to see from these little highlight videos. And to be honest, if you, uh, you'll say that every now and then, Someone will do well and they'll go, oh, it's Italy. And then sometimes like, it'll turn out that an average Premier League player will go to Italy and do really well. So I don't really know how how well it will fit and translate if he did come. But to score as many goals as he's done is not a flash in the pan when you do it for a year and a half. It is very, very, very impressive to do that yeah. at 21 years old. And to do it when you're not a Juventus when you haven't got all the best players in the world around you. No offence to the Fiorentina players, but it's just not the same as like... Uh, he would be playing around better players if he played for Arsenal. You got to take a risk as well. Like, let's be honest. Like, I know that you know there's going to be quite a lot of money involved if we do go for this kid. Um, Big money. But I think the good sign that I always find is when you have a player where a lot of other teams of a similar level, um, sometimes even higher level, want him. Yeah. Like you know, Juventus. I've seen Man United want him. Tottenham want him. Do you know what I mean? Well, Tottenham aren't a big team, but you know that's enough to be said. No, the Atleticos as well. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That's normally a good sign. I'm not saying he's going to come to Arsenal, and he, we might not be his top choice or preference, and I wouldn't blame him. Well, we know that Juventus is a preference, but it's whether they have the same willingness to do the money side. I don't think they have the funds to be honest. That's apparently they're going after Skamaka instead. But. I think that this is the right time. Like, not a lot of teams are going to be going for someone in January. I don't know how willing Florentino will be to sell in January. They want to sell now because okay. he has 18 months and he's not re-signing, and they know he'll be right. worth less in summer. You know the, more than me. You've done the, more research. <laughs> the no, the the hold-up is that the player yeah. is in no rush to leave, and he probably yeah. sees his options as being better in summer. So we're sticking all the money in his face, like, bro, right, come yeah, now, yeah. do this deal quick before Juventus get their money right in summer. <laughs> do this deal, but it's not that easy because he probably sees and. Part of me thinks, if you're not fully committed to Arsenal, then don't come. We only want people to want to play, play, yeah. play, play. But it might not, not be that. It might just be, okay, I'm going to look out for where I can go, but then when I go somewhere, I'm fully committed. And right. if it did happen that he was amazing, came to us, and then we sold him for £150 million in three years, yeah. that's okay. Like You've done your I job I don't care. <laughs> like, we've Do you done know what our mean? job. We we don't have the same attachment to him like we would if it was Saka or Smith-Rowe we're selling for £100 million. Do you know what I mean? Like, I... Because they're Arsenal boys, I care a lot more about that. Like, don't get me wrong. If he came to, if he's twenty-one, as you say, and he had three quality years that kept us in the Champions League or got us into the Champions League, and then he was sold for a hundred million, I'm all for that. Like, of course, if he was that good, I'd love to keep him for longer. But we've got to be realistic. We're not top of the food chain. We're not top of the tree. We've got to be expected that 
better teams and bigger teams are going to want our players. Do you know what I mean? So, so I'm down for that. If that deal can happen, even if it's 60, 70 million, I'm down for it. Like, it's it's gonna about cost, time we spent some it's money. It's going to cost around 70 million, it looks like. Let's get him then. Let's fucking get him. I want him But now. it would be a huge deal. And I think we're I planning think we on doing get a striker in, in the summer. But the thing is, and there's two points I want to make. The first is this could be worth 70 million already to get back in the Champions League. It could be worth that much mm-hmm. in expected value over the next three years to then be able to sign a better caliber of player in summer and whatever else in the future of the club. The other one is that I was impressed because another thing that Ornstein was saying was that the current mood and the vibe of the Arsenal ownership and board is that all right, COVID is, in, is, is happening. Naturally, mm-hmm. finances are pressed for other people so given that we've got a lot of money i'm talking as if the the cronkies and the, the yep. own company um that money is worth relatively more now because people need money and the prices are lower so given the fact that we don't need our money right now um what mm-hmm. we should do and what any investor will tell you is that in a bear market you can buy stuff up for cheaper so they want to sure. press their financial advantage now when the prices are relatively better so i'm actually very impressed with that i didn't think i'd be praising any mindset or management skills from the cronkies or the the upper management but that's exactly what we should be doing now is the time to be a shark and now is the time to really go for it and start swinging it about and if we do this deal in january i will be incredible especially if we get a midfielder that, that we're happy with as well we cannot ask for more than that. That would have been a- absolutely an incredible window. If we get Vlasovic, we should absolutely gun for the top four and then go from there. I think, yeah, th- there's quite a few things that, that come into it. One, January. So I don't think a lot of teams will be wanting to splash money in January, which gives us an advantage if we are. Uh, two, I think that if you ask most Arsenal fans whether they'd want to strike in January or, or next summer, everyone's going to go January because we've seen how poor our strikers have been this season. Um, I also think it's worth noting that in terms of of getting him now, I I, I think it's the play, man. Like I, I honestly do. I don't he's see why. A, from what I've seen, he's a fantastic finisher. And one thing we do yeah. at the moment is create chances. Yeah, and that's what we need. We need someone to put the ball in the back of there. Yeah, we need someone to and, put the ball in the back in there. And I think that he would just the the Sackers and the the Smith Rose and that you put your boys on Saka because he's dangerous. Yeah. With him, he's a big presence that like takes two defenders with him. That would give all of these players more space to do what they do. It would make everyone else more damaging because Laka isn't as big a presence as Vlasovic would be right now. And Aubameyang is not really a presence because you know what he's going to do. He can't put th- it in his feet. I think as well, like it's going to be unlikely, but if we can get rid of Aubameyang this window, like that I could think be that massive. Would be the terminal because those wages. Maybe would be what we need to get to Newcastle. We need to. We need to like. <laughs> we need to get our best negotiator to Newcastle and try and get him there. Also, I think it's worth noting as well. Like this is the third point that I was supposed to say a minute ago, but just I completely mind blanked. Um, that Gwenduzi, Terrera, um, probably maintenance Niles, like players like that, they're going to probably most likely going to get sold in the summer. Well, I think they're a saying couple... that Terrera could be part of the Vlasovic deal. To yeah, Valentina. some of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's. We've got some players that, you know, teams, especially teams in Italy and stuff like that, will probably want. Um, we could use players like that. Or, do you know what I mean? Even if we spend money now, we're going to get money back in the summer. So, like, I'm happy to not spend as much in the summer if we can secure this guy now. Like, even if, if someone said well, to me, buy, buy this guy. Yeah. If someone said, buy this guy for 70 million in January, but we'll already spend 60 million or 50 million in the summer. Or they say, well, could you spend 120 million in the summer? But I'd argue, 
are you going to get a better option for 70 million as a striker? Well, in he'll the be cheaper probably in summer not. because he'll have 12 months on his contract and they won't be as strong a place. But he'll but probably go to a club that's now yeah. got their money right and we will not have got to the Champions League or be less likely to. Yeah. So I, it's, worth... I feel like the play isn't just just put the money up, man. It is, man. I'm, I'm telling you right now, um, Edu, if you're in charge of fucking buying this player, do it right now because you're going to be listening to our podcast 100%. <laughs> Fucking not. But Another yeah. problem is that um, <laughs> the son of the president of Serbia is his agent, and I'm not trying to make any comments. I'm not trying to be, fall out a window tomorrow. But there are shady rumours going round about the, their conduct and whether there's problems with working with the agent. Shit, man. Just get it done. <laughs> Look what Man City have done the past decade and how successful they've been. They've never been properly disciplined or caught. Let's do some dirty deals. Give a fucking shit. Anyway, man, I think we should leave it there unless there's anything else you want to go into. No, we could talk about transfers all day, but it doesn't change what's going to happen over the next 21 days. <laughs> all right, man. Well, nice for your time. I assume we'll be back on Thursday, Thursday. night. Yeah. I'm off, so it's something to look at, man. Are we going to do it? We'll do it. It's going to be a late After one. After the 4 past nil eight. win... It's going to be like a midnight one, bro. I'll be real. We might just have to like, upload it Friday in the day or something because it's going to be far too late for people to be up. But anyway, right. We'll leave it there, man. Um, Appreciate everyone for listening. It's been an 100%. unfortunate game today, but there is a little bit of optimism in the air with the transfers 100%. as well as with the league. So we're not going to let this one with a depleted squad and debutants and young kids playing and uh, not let that infect the optimism we've built up over the last month or so for a new team with a lot more energy. And we'll come back and hopefully we'll see a performance very different to the one we saw today. 5 no Anfield to us. That would really be a statement. Uh, I appreciate everyone for making it all the way through 45 minutes and we'll be back on Thursday. Thank you. All right, nice one. Cheers.